Wham, glam, thank you, ma'am. Welcome back to the Barbie Trap House with your favorite brunette, Barbie. Let's get into it. So today's podcast is going to be a continuation of last episode's story. So if you haven't listened to that, I would highly suggest you go give it a listen and come back. But before we start, I'm going to give y'all a little recap of what happened last time. I headed off to the airport at four o'clock in the morning, got patted down, met some friends along the way, and we finished off with my friend Chad telling his side of the story with that hotel room situation. And for all of the people asking, no, that is not my boyfriend. So picture this. I'm about to hang up the phone with Chad. And right before I walk into the room, I knew it was showtime. So I amped up the waterworks, smeared my makeup a little, and started saying some cliche argument lines through the door so I knew he could hear me. I felt like I had everything together at this point, so I started calming down. Okay, I know I was crying, but internally, I was <laughs> I was put together. I walk in. I'm putting on a show. I am running my hands through my hair. My head is in my lap. And the guy looks over at me and says, the words I have been waiting for, are you okay? What's wrong? I take a deep breath because I know this is make or break time. I slowly lift my head up. I look at him and start lying like my life depended on it. Because in my mind, honestly, it did. My boyfriend said if I sleep in the same room with someone else, he's going to leave me. We've been fighting so much recently, and he said this is the last straw. I just don't know what to do. I can't live without him. And he's like, it should be fine. You don't need a man to make you happy. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. He's my soulmate. I will die without him. Side note, the audacity this man has to try and break up me and my imaginary boyfriend. Imagine. He's getting kind of freaked out at this point because I just went full on psycho. And he said, does he not trust you? And I'm like, of course he trusts me. I just... Don't even sleep in the same bed as him. And he's mad at me because I won't sleep with him. But I'll sleep in the same bed as you. And he's like, oh, so you don't trust me? So I say, no, of course I trust you. It's just that I don't sleep in the same bed with other people. So he has the utter audacity to say, oh, okay, I see. So you just don't trust yourself around me. This took me back for a second. Did this middle-aged man really just ask if I wouldn't be able to control myself around him? So I don't even say anything. I just start sobbing. Ugly sobbing. Mascara everywhere. I am a mess. And then he sighs and goes, Okay, well, I guess I can just sleep in my car if it's that big of a deal. So in between sobs, I just say, thank you. 
and don't even question the fact that he literally lives in L.A., but just said he guesses he can just sleep in his car. Like, dude, just go home. You live here. After that whole mess, he left. Then it was time to get ready for my next adventure. I cleaned myself up, obviously, then headed to go to this recording studio. The studio was in Hollywood, so it was a bit of a drive, but that might have been one of the best parts. I absolutely loved looking out of the window and seeing everything. It was so different from Oklahoma. I feel like every time you look out of your window, you've looked out of every window in Oklahoma. But in California, everything was lit up. The buildings were huge. The palm trees were everywhere. God, I love palm trees. I finally got to the studio and it was so cool. People were making music and beats and all that fun stuff. It was like, I don't know. I just, I liked it. During my time there, I was offered a Rice Krispie treat. I was like, cool. So I ate it. (laughs) Okay. I know we all know where this is going, but in my defense, when you're just hanging out with people and someone offers you a snack, that is not the first thing you think of. Yeah. (laughs) It was inedible. It didn't taste weird or anything. It was just a Rice Krispie treat to me. Should I have thought twice about the fact that it was in saran wrap? Maybe. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I ate it, and a few minutes later, someone says, Are you feeling it yet? And I had no idea what they were talking about, so I was like, What do you mean? And they said, The edible. The what? They then proceeded to tell me that it was a good thing I was pretty because I was super dumb valid. Anyway, very shortly after this conversation, I did in fact start feeling it and it was time to leave. The studio was right beside Hollywood Boulevard, so I went to go walk down the sidewalk and look at all the stars. I was chilling, vibing with the palm trees, doing my thing, 20 chicken nuggets and a few videos of me dancing to minute work on the sidewalk later. I woke up in my hotel room. Trust me, No one more than me wants to give you guys this crazy story of how I went down Hollywood Boulevard, but honestly, I couldn't tell you. Could not tell you. Another side note, California sweet tea exceeded my expectations and can hang with the Southern sweet tea I'm used to. So eight out of 10. Props, Callie. The next day was pretty tame. Psych. This is the Barbie trap house. If it was tame, I wouldn't be telling you about it. I had a photo shoot in an airplane hangar, and this man came and picked me up. Since the hangar was still open, he asked if I wanted to shoot for a little bit, since it was just wide open. So I was like, sure. And he asked me to connect his phone to the speaker. So as I was doing this, I accidentally clicked out of the settings app and noticed there was a free messaging app on his phone. I thought that was super weird, so I clicked on it, and my name was the only one in there. So I was like, what the heck, and started getting super paranoid. I started trying to find his actual phone number to send it to my friends in case I got, you know, kidnapped. And he started walking over to me. I freaked out, closed out of everything, and accidentally dropped his phone on the concrete. He asked why I looked so panicked when he came over, and I just made up some random excuse like I dropped his phone and it was an accident or something like that. I ended up just chalking it up to, well, that's weird, and forgetting about it. 
Like I said in our last episode, this was one of those red flags I should not have overlooked, but hey, I didn't get trafficked or killed, so we're good. Learn from my mistakes. After that, I went to the mall again and found my new favorite place on earth. There's a store called Hype Swipe that was so cool. Sponsor me. (laughs) No, but seriously, everything in there was so trendy and exactly my style. It's a good thing they don't have one in Oklahoma or me and my bank account would be in so much trouble. After that, my friend Brandon Desarle, who lives in Los Angeles, came and saw me and he rode over to my hotel on his longboard. And the second I step outside, I see he's already made new friends and he's teaching these little kids how to longboard. And honestly, it was the cutest, most wholesome thing I have ever seen. He came up to my room and we just talked for a long time. It was around midnight at this point, so it was time for me to go to bed. So now we are on day three. I woke up, got ready, and headed to my last photo shoot of the trip. I got there and it was so pretty. The room was pink. Fluorescent neon lights were everywhere. There's a pink Polaroid camera, plants, some roller skates, one of those old phones you see in movies with the little dial you have to spin to put the numbers in. What are those called? Anyway, it looked like the 80s drank a whole bottle of Pepto-Bismo and threw up all over this room. Okay, I know that sounds gross, but trust me, it was cute. I finished the shoot and went to go see the Hollywood sign from the Griffith Observatory. If I'm being quite honest with you, it's really not that impressive. It looks pretty small because you can't get very close to it anymore. I think it's because of that Hollyweed incident. I can't be the only one that remembers Hollyweed, right? Anyway, the Hollywood sign wasn't even close to the best part of the Griffith Observatory. The view of California from the top of that hill was breathtaking. Every time you looked, everything was so small. You could see everything. I went up to the highest point of the observatory, you know, the one that was open to the public because COVID, and there was one other person chilling at the top. So I go up there and I'm just hanging out and this guy looks at me and says, hey, can I take your picture? And I was like, uh, sure. So I gave him my phone. He just starts taking pictures. He was so nice. He said he does rap videos or something like that. So he knew his way around a camera or something like that. This guy was hilarious. I still talk to him on Instagram. So Alan, if you're listening, here's your shout out. (laughs) That night, I just went back to my hotel room and cried. I'm not afraid to say it. I bawled. I bawled like a baby that I was about to be ripped away from this place. I woke up, packed the rest of my stuff, bawled again, got ready and decided to go to Venice Beach before I left. I got there and it looks exactly like the movies. Everything was colorful. There was graffiti everywhere. There was this giant skate park in the middle of the beach that was really, really cool. The people skating there were really good and it was pretty fun to watch. I was walking back to the car and saw these street performers gathering everybody around. So I decided to stay and watch. They were flipping and doing all of these stunts in the street and honestly completely blew my mind. My dad always told me that if I ever see anyone on the side of the street performing and I stop to watch them, I owe them for their time. And I live by that. So I put some money in their sack and went on. I was just about to leave when I heard I Want You Back by the Jackson 5 playing over a speaker. I stopped and looked over and the cutest Michael Jackson impersonator was dancing and singing. He was maybe seven years old, had a little outfit and everything. 
Of course, I had to stop and watch, and then I put some money in his bedazzled fedora and went back to the car. It was officially time to leave, and I thought this was where our Los Angeles podcast was going to end, but you know me, nothing ever goes as planned. I got to the airport to head to Phoenix. I went to the front desk to get my tickets printed, and this extremely nice man at the front, we'll call him Philip, says to me, you look lost. Can I help you? So I gave him the whole spiel of how I was worried I wouldn't be able to find my gate and all that. So he writes some stuff on my ticket to help me and then says, oh, looks like you have a sold out ticket from Phoenix to Oklahoma City. I had no idea what that meant. So he told me that it basically meant there was a small chance I wouldn't have a seat on my next flight. Awesome. I got over to TSA and guess what? I got pat down again. I was right behind this guy through security and was lost, of course. So I asked him if he knew where my gate was. Turns out we were on the same flight, so I had a friend to sit with while we were waiting to board. He told me his name was Garrett and he flew all the time and we just talked for a while until it was time to board. Unfortunately, me and Garrett got separated on the plane. Sad day. But right as we were taking off, lo and behold, my friend Philip is outside and gives me a thumbs up. So I guess my man was looking out for me. I landed in Phoenix and apparently there's such a thing as airplane traffic. I know. Who would have thought? So I couldn't get off the plane for an extra 15 minutes. I had maybe 30 minutes to get to my next gate as it was. So the fact that 15 minutes just got subtracted was stressing me out. As I'm getting off the plane, I see Garrett and he sees me panicked. So he asks me if I know where I'm going. I didn't. So since he flew all the time, he knew exactly where my gate was and showed me where to go. I finally get to this gate and no one is there. According to my ticket, they should be boarding in like five minutes. So I go ask the lady at the desk if I'm at the right gate. She then proceeds to tell me that my gate got moved to the other side of the airport. Then she follows that up with, looks like they boarded five minutes ago. You should probably hurry. So I start sprinting to this other gate. I am not getting stuck in Arizona. So I'm running, I'm crying, and I hear somebody shouting behind me not to run. So I just act like I didn't hear a single word and pick up the pace. I finally get to my gate. I was pouring sweat. I was out of breath. My mask was making me so hot, and I run to the front desk. Nobody was in my gate. Not a single soul. I asked the man at the front desk if my plane was still here, and he said, looks like they're getting ready to close the doors. Follow that girl over there. Looks like she was on the same flight as you. So I run and catch up with this girl as we are sprinting through the walkway, and we get to the doors right as they were shutting them. The lady saw us and let us in, and I saw the plane was packed. And then I remembered. I had a sold-out plane ticket, which meant I could have just gone through all of that just to be told, sorry, can't let you in. Maybe next time. So I ask this lady if there's a seat, and by the grace of God, there was one seat open. I get on the plane and arrive in OKC around midnight and have the best sleep of my life. So that is going to wrap up part 
to the final part of my photo shoot in Los Angeles. Here's some advice to send you on your way. Take note of red flags and don't take candy from strangers. You never know what it's laced with. Thank you so, so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe and check out my Instagram, Mackenzie with six zeros. Peace up, A-Town down. See you guys next time.